بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين صدق الله العظيم My dear respected brothers and elders respected sisters and youngsters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us as very weak human beings Allah ta'ala said khuliqa al-insanu da'ifa the human being is a very weak creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have many needs we have many physical needs we have many emotional needs very many psychological needs and spiritual needs we need food to continue to exist and greater need than food is we need water and even greater need than water is air to breathe if you do not eat food for several days then this would result in our death if you do not have water for a lesser amount of time then that would also lead to death and if we do not have air to breathe then it is only a few minutes that we can perhaps stay alive without breathing so these are all the needs that we have our physical bodies has these needs but our ruh and our soul it also has needs and the needs of the soul are more important to be fulfilled than the needs of the body and the greatest need of the soul is that it needs hidayat and guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like for a few moments without air we will suffocate and die for a few seconds if we are devoid of the guidance and tawfiq and hidayat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then we will be completely utterly lost that is why our greatest need is hidayah and we can never stop begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for hidayah in every single rakah of every single prayer we ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-fatiha ihdina sirat al-mustaqim oh Allah guide us along the straight path ihdina sirat al-mustaqim continually asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hidayah every day of our life in every rakah of every prayer this need that we have for hidayah is never over. Even the Anbiya alayhim wasalam, even the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they would perform salah, they would make dua to Allah in every rakah. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, when they would perform salah, they would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Tabi'een, the Salaf, the righteous ones, the Ulama, the Siddiqeen, the Shuhada, the Salihin, they all made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for hidayah. So we have to come to this conclusion that this is our greatest need. We can never say that we have enough hidayah. Just like we can, we can never say that we have enough air to breathe. Just like our physical body's existence is dependent on continually being able to inhale and exhale. Continue to breathe. When we stop breathing, we will die. Likewise, if we stop receiving hidayah from Allah and guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even for a blink of an eye, 
then we will be in utter failure, utter loss. Our need for the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is greater than our need for air to breathe. And this guidance that we ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we beg from Allah in Surah Al-Fatiha, has been qualified and described as Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim. The path of those people whom you have favored, O oh Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has defined this path of guidance as the path of those people whom He has favored. And who are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself describes it Therefore, groups of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored. They're the Anbiya alayhim wasalam, the Prophets of Allah, the Siddiqeen who are the closest ummati in each respective era to the Prophet of the time. Like in our ummah, it is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, who is the Siddiq of this ummah. And the shuhada, those who are martyrs, gave their lives for the sake of Allah. And the salihin, the righteous ones. They are the, those whom Allah has favored. And we seek guidance from Allah to follow in their path. And then after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلِيهِمْ Not the path of those people who have earned your anger, O Allah. And not the path of those who have gone astray. So two groups have specifically been mentioned here in Surah Al-Fatiha. And we do not want to follow their paths. And this is very significant and worthy of consideration. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have ended the beautiful Surah Al-Fatiha right at Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further qualified what is this Sirat Al-Mustaqeem? What is this straight path? The first qualification was in the ithbat, in the positive sense, the path of those people whom Allah has favored. And that is enough, perhaps we would have assumed an explanation. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala went further and identified two groups and said, not the path of maghdubi alihim, those who have earned your anger, nor the path of those who have gone astray. So this genuinely is worth consideration and something for us to ponder and reflect on. Which two groups are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to in these ayat? And are and is is just the indication to groups, or is beyond that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alluding to something deeper? And the scholars, Jazahumullah khairan, have explained to us that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is referring to two trials that we face, and all of us in this world are facing, and these are two tests that we are all going through. Two fitan, one is called the fitna to shubuhat, and one is called the fitna to shahawat. The trial of doubts and the trial of desires. One is the trial of doubts, intellectual doubts that a person will have regarding his faith. And this is a crisis of faith that many of those who are the youth and going through the educational system of the West and learning philosophy and the, and the philosophy of science, they're taught to question everything. And then they go through a crisis of faith and they begin to have doubts regarding the cardinal essentials of our deen, the creed itself. So these are intellectual doubts that a person has. And this is a very difficult trial. Because if a person fails in this trial, then he will be out of the fold of Islam. This is called the fitna to shubuhat, doubts. And then there is another trial which is known as fitna to shahawat, which is carnal desires. And this is the sins of the flesh 
where a person is attracted towards the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Zayyana lahum shaytan wa a'malahum. Shaytan beautifies all of these sins of instant gratification where a person gains a physical enjoyment and he ends up disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any consideration of what is halal and haram, what is permissible and impermissible. He becomes a, he becomes a slave to his own nafs and desires and passions. Knowing what is right and wrong is not the problem. He knows what is wrong, but he cannot overcome his nafs. He becomes a slave to his desires and he, becomes, and he continues to fulfill those passions despite knowing that it's wrong. This is shahawat. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is identifying that these are two trials that two respective nations of the past, they failed. And they failed miserably. And we do not want to follow their path. That is why we are saying, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Not the path of those who earned your anger. And وَلَضَّالِّينَ Not the path of those who went astray. So who are the maghdubi alayhim? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them in the following surah, Surah Al-Baqarah. And then who are the dhalin? Who are those who have gone astray? Allah describes them in the next surah, Ali Imran, in successive order. As in Surah Al-Fatiha, maghdubi alayhim comes first, so Surah Al-Baqarah comes first. Then dhalin comes last, second after that, so likewise Allah describes all in Surah Ali Imran. In detail. The kalam of Allah, some parts of it are described by other parts of it. Allah explains Himself, the book of Allah, through the book of Allah. As the first source of tafsir is we understand the ayat from other ayat. Then we understand the ayat from the words of Rasulullah. Tafsiru kalamillah bi kalamir Rasul. Then there's tafsiru kalamillah bi kalamir Sahaba, with what the Sahaba had to say. Third, then with the Tabi'een and their students. Mujahid, Qatada, Atah, Ibn Abi Rabah, Ikrama. What did the Sahaba, have, the Tabi'een have to say? And then through Lugha in language, and then through analogy and Qiyas and understanding. So, the most supreme source of Tafsir and the best and most authentic Tafsir, of course, can, cannot be any other Tafsir than the Book of Allah Himself, when Allah Himself is explaining. So, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala explained to us who are those who have earned His anger. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, That they earned the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were killing the Anbiya They assassinated the prophets. Despite knowing they had no right to do so. So this, these maghdubi alayhim, those who earned the anger of Allah are the Yahud. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to them in Surah Al-Baqarah and describes how in the past they denied the prophets of the time. Beyond denial, they went ahead and assassinated them in cold blood. And when Rasulullah was sent as a guidance for all mankind, when the Prophet arrived in Medina al Munawwara, the one they recognized, the one they were waiting for, and they used to previously tell the Arabs of Medina, of Yathrib, the Aus and Khazraj. That when the final Prophet will arrive in Medina, we will believe in him and with his support we will overcome you. And they were waiting there for him. They had migrated to Yathrib for his sake. And when the, finally the Prophet came, Kafarubi, then they denied him. They rejected him because he was not from their family. They were looking forward for him to be from the Bani Israel. But he ended up being from the Bani Ismail, the other side of the family. 
even though Bani Ismail and Bani Israel both are Bani Ibrahim. Forefather is Ibrahim alayhi salam. His son is Ishaq alayhi salam. And his son is Ismail alayhi salam. Both are his sons. Ismail alayhi salam being the father of the Arab nation. And Ishaq alayhi salam being the father of Yaqub alayhi salam. And Yaqub alayhi salam having 12 sons which became the 12 tribes of Bani Israel. Israel being another name for Yaqub alayhi salam. So Bani Israel is equivalent of Banu Yaqub. The children of Yaqub alayhi salam. Israel alayhi salam. So since he came from the other side of the family, despite having no doubts regarding him to be the Prophet of Allah, to the extent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ They knew him to be the Prophet of Allah, just like a father can recognize his own son, they were able to recognize him to be the Prophet. So they had no doubts, no shubuhat, no doubts, no cloudy, cloudiness in understanding, very clear understanding that this is the Prophet of Allah. But there was shahawa from inside. And that shahawa that they became a victim to is kibber. Kibber, arrogance, and ego. We do not want to accept someone from the other family. They used to look down upon the Arabs and they used to say, you are the ummiyun, you are the illiterate people. We are the people of learning. Even the Quran, just for the sake of da'wah and inviting them, grants them the title, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ Allah Ta'ala does not address them as all oh, the killers of prophets. All the rejecters of Allah, all those who tortured Musa alayhi salam, all those who attempted to assassinate Isa alayhi salam. That is now how they are addressed for the sake of da'wah, despite all of the above facts being the absolute truth. Rather, Allah addresses them, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَهَ الْكِتَابِ Say, O people of the book. So this shows us the usub of da'wah, the style of da'wah is that you try to find, even if there are 99 bad qualities a person, there may be one good quality, you address the person with a good quality. Ya Ahl al-Kitab, O people of the book. Those who rejected the books, يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ فَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ مِمَّا كَتَبَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ مِمَّا يَكْسِبُونَ That Allah says they used to write in the book with their own hands. بِأَيْدِيهِمْ With their own hands, they're adding in the book of Allah. And they're changing the book of Allah. And they're corrupting the book of Allah. And then they are selling off the book of Allah for paltry gain in this world, the scholars of the Yahud. All of this is how they dealt with the book of Allah. Yet when they are addressed, they are addressed as, Ya Ahl al-Kitab, O the people of the book. Ta'alaw, come ila karimatin sawa'im baynana wa baynakum. Come towards such a joint statement that we can all agree in. Between us and you, there's a common word. Allah na'abuda illallah, that we do not worship anyone besides Allah. They worship Isa alayhi salam. They worship Maryam salam. They worship Ruh al-Qudus. They worship, they have to believe in Trinity. Yet Allah is saying, no, no. We are going to ignore that. Say, come, we worship only one Allah. You will not assign any partners unto Allah. So that is how they were addressed in the Quran. They used to look down on the Arabs and say, these are ummiyun. If you borrow any money from them, you don't have to return that. It's mentioned in Surah Ali Imran. There's on the ummiyin, those who are the illiterate Arabs, we don't owe them. If you borrow money, don't worry about paying it back. And now from this same ummi nation that you look down upon, there is a prophet. You will have to accept him as your leader and master. This was too bitter a pill for them to swallow. So this was the first trial that they failed in, and they became the maghdubi alayin, those who earned the anger of Allah. And the second is waladdalin, those who went astray. They did not have any shahawat, and nor were they having any passions and desires. 
very meek and humble people, very sincere disciples of Isa But what happened is they fell prey to confusions and doubts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَ لَهُمْ They did not kill Isa salam, they did not crucify Isa salam, but they fell into doubts because the house was surrounded and, and he was, uh, Isa salam was uplifted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the angel to take him out and he was taken up into the heavens. إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهِ يَا عِيسَىٰ إِنِّي مُتَوَفِّيكَ وَرَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ Allah elevated him, took him up into the heavens. And uh, Yehuda, one of his fo- uh, the, the followers who ended up becoming a hypocrite and munafiq, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed his face to look like Isa alayhi salam. And then he was captured by the Romans. And then he was dragged to the crucifixion. And then he was crucified. So this is how they became confused. The house is surrounded and then a person who looks like Isa alayhi salam was put on the cross. So the people became confused. And then on top of it, the nature of the miracles of Isa alayhi salam is that He will tell you what you have in your homes, what you ate. And He gave life to the dead with the permission of Allah. The leper and the blind one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the cure in his put it in his hand and he would put make masah. Like we make masah on our head when we make wudu, he would make masah and touch the person with his hand. And that is why he is known as Masih. One of the reasons he is known as Masih alayhi salam is because he would make masah with his hand and the sick person would be cured. And the dead came to life. Obviously, these are small miracles. The biggest miracle is right from the beginning, the birth itself, without a father. So this became a source of confusion for them. They became, fell into all kinds of doubts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّ الَّذِينَ اخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ لَفِي شَكٍ مِّنْ All of the different doubts and different opinions that people have regarding him, they are all in, in doubt. They're all in shukuk. Shukuk are doubts. Some people are saying he is the God himself. Some people are saying he is one half of God. Some are saying he is one third God. Some are saying he is the son of God. So all of these doubts. They do not have knowledge. They are just following conjectures and different whims and fancies. The reality is they have not killed him. The true fact, confirmed reality is they did not kill him. Rather the reality is Allah is saying, Allah says I elevated him, brought him up and took him up. Safe and sound. He was not on the cross. He did not die on the cross. All of the churches in the world, they have the picture, the idols and uh, the statues the Catholic churches in particular of the man on the cross who's dying. So this is the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes ever. That that is not Jesus salam. They're all thinking he's Isa salam. Let us be clear. Allah says, he did not, They did not kill him. Allah elevated him. We should be confident in this. Do we not believe in the word of Allah? So this is what Allah is telling us. So we are, alhamdulillah, confirmed, we know. Allah elevated him. They did not kill him. Who can be more truthful than Allah? So, but these people got confused. 
So they had doubts and they started worshipping. So this is the second, second trial, the fitnah of shubuhat. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is highlighting these two trials for us in Surah Al-Fatiha and saying, Oh Allah, guide us along the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, not the ghayr al-maghdubi alim, not the path of those who fell prey to their shahawat, and not the path of those waladdalin who fell prey to their shubuhat. Ya ahl al-kitabi la taghlu fi deeninkum ghayr al-haq wa la tattabi'u ahwa'akum min qad dhallu min qabl wa adhallu kathira wa dhallu an sawa'i sabil. This is the ayah that identifies the dhalil. That these are those who cross the limits in their faith. Cross the limits by instead of saying Isa is the son of Maryam, they said Isa is the son of Allah. This is such an enormous statement. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Takadu samawatu yatafattarna min. It is very near, the skies are ready to split apart. The earth is ready to split open. And the mountains are ready to crumble into dust. How dare you claim that the Rahman has a son? It does not befit a Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to ever adopt a son. He is not begotten by parents, nor he has any offspring. None of the creation are like unto him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is Samad. He is above and beyond any resemblance to his creation and above any need of his creation. He has no parents, no, no zawj, no, no spouse, no children, no wazir, no, and no helper, no supporter. لا مثير له ولا وزير له ولا مثل له ولا مثير له So he is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have to have clarity of faith. So let us, the purpose of this brief talk that we have now, the time is come concluding, is to identify these two trials and to be aware that we have to overcome shubahat and shahwat. And what is the solution for that? Is ilm and dhikr. The more ilm we acquire, then we will remove the shubahat and doubts that we have. All the doubts that we have and we might face and come across in our life, if we acquire the true ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ilm of wahi, the ilm of revelation, the ilm to prove the revelation is revelation. The ilm, the knowledge that will prove that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, that the Quran is the book of Allah. First we prove that through ilm, and after proving that through ilm, then you start believing what the book of Allah says, what the Prophet said. In learning what Allah said, what the Rasul said, this is the ilm of deen. We must acquire the ilm of deen, this will destroy all of our shubuhat, and we will have no doubt left. We will have clarity of vision, clarity of understanding. And the straight path, Sirat al-Mustaqim, will be shining in front of us. And after we know the path, and we are not confused which path to take, which exit to take, which road to take towards Jannah, towards the pleasure of Allah, the path is identified through ilm. Then where will we get the, the courage, the moral courage and the strength to go ahead and tread that path? The fact that you know the path doesn't mean you will adopt that path. Like the Yehud, as we already mentioned. They knew the path, yet they did not adopt it. So where will we get that spiritual strength to adopt the straight path and to tread upon it and reach the Jannah and the pleasure of Allah, it will be through the Tazkiyah of the Nafs. Through Tazkiyah of the Nafs and through Dhikr uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remaining in the Suhbah of the Mashayikh, then we will gain that inner strength and that moral courage to conquer the Nafs and its desires and then follow through treading upon the straight path to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is why there is no way out for us but to work on these two principles. Knowledge of deen, ta'aleem, and tarbiyah. Tarbiyah of the nafs.
Tazkiyah of the nafs, islah of the batin, tathir of the ruh, different words that are used for the same concept. If we do not, then we will either follow the path of the maghdubi alayhim, na'udhu billah, despite having knowledge going astray, not able to win over their passions and desires, or we will become confused and lost without knowledge like the dhalli. This is what we repeatedly beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, ghayril maghdubi alayhim, ghayril dhalli, not those who have earned your anger, not those who have gone astray. We have to acquire the knowledge of deen. In Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I conclude with these two hadith. He mentioned that he came with the solution to these two problems. He said, Rasulullah sallallahu said, I have come as a mu'allim, as a teacher. I have brought the ilm. If you want to remove our doubts, where do we go back to? Rasulullah sallallahu As he was the teacher of mankind, he brought the ilm. The ilm based on revelation. The ilm which is qati'i, which is proven, which will not change with time. Which will never become outdated because it is not dated to begin with. It's eternally relevant. The ilm came from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he is distributing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Innama ana qasim, wallahu yu'ati. Allah is the true bestower of knowledge. I am the distributor. Rasulullah sallallahu said that al-ilmu nurun, ilm is a light, that Allah gives that light. Innama ana qasim, I am the qasim, the one who makes taqsim and distributes it. Wallahu yu'ati, Allah is the one who gives the ilm. So the ilm actually comes from Allah through the medium and via the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And number two is the tazkiyah, tarbiyah, who is there? Who provided that? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he was the mu'allim, he was the muzakki. And he said, I came to show you the perfection of character. How to conquer the nafs? I personally came with that example and I showed you. Follow my way, follow those who follow me. And you will join up with me in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to gain the understanding of what we recite every day, every rakah in Surah Fatiha. And to conquer our nafs and desires and get our proper tazkiyah done. And also to acquire the proper knowledge of the deen. And be able to overcome the fitna of shubahat and shahawat, the trials of doubts and desires. Let's perform.